Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. Don't adjust your phones, we've got something new to calm your nerves. Brand new podcast, Sing Great Network. Every day during the quarantine, I'll be talking to someone, whether it be a friend, a family, a peer, a stranger, whoever. If you want to talk, I want to listen. And we're just going to forget about what the hell's going on in the world. So, without further ado, enjoy Quarantine Check-In. But before we begin, follow me on Instagram and Venmo at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. The coronavirus quarantine has officially begun, and I'm going to check in daily with anyone in who wants to talk friends family peers strangers whatever we're here on block talk we're going to talk about anything and i am joined by my very first guest on quarantine check-in uh it's Gigi deets how are hi you? guys how's it how are you michael i'm 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 still here i'm alive um things are yeah. uh slowly progressing somehow and you know what i have food i have heat right. on and i'm alive and that's the best we can ask for yeah. at this point how about you Where... right well <laughs> i mean i could maybe ask for like you know some money to be still coming I mean, in fair, um, me too. right you know but i mean it's so it's so interesting i've like obviously like I'll say like, oh, I've been talking to a lot of people about the coronavirus. Of course, we like we all have. Um, but I, I actually had a, an interesting phone call with my mom today because she, she lives in Texas, so it's like um, it's a little bit different there than it is here. Um, but in her opinion, she was she said that she thought that this was crazier um, in terms of like the fallout of it, crazier than nine eleven, which I think is like a really bold statement. Yeah, I was actually um, talking about it, that last night too. It's, it's like it, a, it, that's like a really interesting perspective that I've not heard and wouldn't really ever think about. Yeah, we were talking about it last night and we, we came to the realization that like it was only about a week or so that like the world shut down and by the world, really America. It, it was a very, very brief <laughs> moment, but we, we're yeah. we're looking at weeks. We're looking at maybe two months. Right. And that's, right. that's scary. I mean, I've already seen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I've seen articles already being like, each adult in America is going to get a thousand dollars. I was like, from where? For what? What is that thousand right. dollars going to do? And how is it going to come to me? And how do you guarantee that I get it? And like, cool, fun thought. Like, this is not going to work. But welcome. I mean, I am I'm, right. I'm still hopeful that you know the city of New York at least tries to come up with some sort of like financial plan in terms of like our rent and like, right. and things like that, that cover its cover its citizens. Because I think, you know, unfortunately right now we are kind of like in an e- economic divide to where people that are still making salary or, you know, have, you know, very nice homes that they own. They can afford to sit in their, in their apartment and eat the food and, and, you know, and just kind of like wait for things to blow over while, um, you know, a lot of us that are artists that live paycheck to paycheck don't necessarily have those same privileges. Right. And, um, you know, it, it's it's definitely like a different situation for us. And it's a lot more stressful. So um, I'm hoping that, you know, the city of New York tries to at least kind of take care of us, uh, especially when I think that so much of the New York economy is hospitality and entertainment and things like that. It sure so is. Um, I hope that as, 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 you know, as hard as we work for New York city, um, that New York city works hard for us in the end. I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic that there will be some sort of bailout of some sort. Um, I've already seen yeah. a bunch of um, venues and bars and, 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 and people trying to support each other and start GoFundMe's. But at, at some point, it will get to that phase where everybody has one, so there's too many to donate to, so no one donates to any of them. So it's 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 a waiting game, and we're all freaking out. But you know what? Let's all try to find some peace and 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 relax as much as we can. But this is this is this is crazy. We've never experienced this before. Yeah. No, we have not. And I mean, I think it's like I think 
I, w- I was talking to you before, you know, before we recorded about just trying to keep busy and, and create, um, like I'm working on creating some new like online content on my Instagram that I've been like specifically neglectful about. I'm not super great on social media and I'm not super great on producing like new content. Um, um, as, as, as is reflected by my like 500 followers that, that are my devout gang, um, that, you know, that, that wait for something new. But, um, you know, I think I'm, I am trying to like you, like, like what you were saying about like doing this podcast and inviting people to come on and just kind of like talk about whatever, um, using it as an opportunity to, to still create content and still create art when so many of us, um, have had, are like normal opportunities kind of taken away. Um, And so, you know, trying to stay positive and trying to to make, um, make you know. Yeah, I think we're very much possibly looking at something like a creative renaissance for the digital world. I think we're all going to be using this time to create something for ourselves And you know what? Maybe some of us will be able to monetize what we're creating. I know there are a lot of people making these live drag shows and maybe get a dollar, two dollars, whatever. But it's something that could change once we've gotten past this madness. So I'm I'm excited to see what will come of that. Um, But with this podcast, we are going to talk about three things that my guest picks. And we're just going to talk about it and whatever it's anything goes it's free for all <laughs> and that's what's crazy and scary and yeah. exciting uh and i i like the three topics you picked they're they're very different oh thanks um yeah so let's start off with your first uh topic which you selected okay. as dating apps yes um all right i I, you know, I, I think that all of us can like relate to this, especially in like, like New York, whether you're, you're, you're gay, you're straight, it's, it's become kind of like a, a just a normal thing. Like, yeah. oh, I, I, I have, I have dating apps. I used to have them. I have had them at one point in my life. It's just kind of become like a part of the culture. And, um, I, I've had like a lot of, um, unsuccessful stories lately and so that was just kind of like on my on my mind yeah. whenever you would ask like oh like you know what do you want to talk about um so i i think um you know you're talking about us moving into this like digital age in terms of like art i think i think it's kind of like a natural progression because for a long time we've been in a digital age for with a lot of things for quite a while now including you know including these dating apps um and so it, it seems like a almost like a natural just kind of like step that um you know people people didn't miss a beat whenever you know whenever the bars closed here they're like oh i'm gonna go on instagram live and i'm gonna go on facebook live and i'm gonna you know i'm gonna schedule out my own shows that way um it was just like such like a natural instinct and i think um we all have like incorporated some sort of like digital something into our lives thus far um and but dating apps like definitely included yeah it's what I found interesting is okay. This is technically day one, day two of quarantine, whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been on the dating apps less than I've ever been. I don't know if I well, well I don't know if it's a why. I'm just like I'm, I'm like, am I not going to meet anybody? So why even waste my time trying to talk to someone? <laughs> because it's the end of days. I'm going to die alone anyway. Exactly. Um, well. <laughs> I think like. I mean, for me, I have, like, I have also kind of, like, experienced a similar thing. Like, there are there are a few people that, like, I talk to, like, on a regular basis, but I've not met them, and I don't feel comfortable, like, giving them, like, my personal phone number or, like, sure. a personal way to talk to me. So I use the dating apps as, like, a, um, a, a barrier, um, a boundary. And um, so, you know, I've, I've, like, kind of, like, reached on, uh, reached out and, like, talked to, like, them a little bit. Um, but in terms of, like talking to new people, I'm like, I'm not planning on going on a bunch of dates during quarantine or like hooking up with a bunch of people on quarantine because it's like not necessarily like the point of it. It no, kind of no. like defeats the purpose. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to sit at home by myself and, and like be anxious and alone, except if like, if someone wants to like give me a quick blowy, like that kind of defeats <laughs> That kind of defeats the purpose of it. So yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I kind of think like 
what is what is the point of these apps during quarantine unless and like i mean like truly unless you are just generally a person that like likes to use them for just conversation um and maybe and maybe i'll hop on and maybe i will have some like great conversations with some different guys which would lead to like um you know something else after you know after the veil of quarantine has lifted and things kind of we start to get back to some kind of normal like maybe that would be like a cool a cool thing to come out of this but i'm also very much a realist and like when has that ever happened on those apps right and um and so like why why would any why would anything be different now um so yeah i i mean i totally like agree with you i've not during quarantine it's I mean, it's it's definitely not my first thought anyway, just because there's so many other things on my mind. Um, you know, getting on Scruff, getting on Grinder is not like, oh yeah, definitely. Like right. first thing, first thing on my mind. So in 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 the world of dating apps and all that, are you someone who, with especially with Grinder, because Grinder Basic is mm-hmm. total crap. Are you someone that purchases the upgrade or, or does like Scruff Pro or any of those? Um, I, I have in the past and, um, I don't right now, um, because I, you know, I I have, I've been unemployed, um, from like a day job since December actually. And so, uh, money has like definitely been tight. Mm -hmm. And so now money is like, Ooh, especially (laughs) tight. Um, so that's like, that's not something that I, it's not like a priority for me. Um, but I have done it and I mean, in terms of like a, like a, a user experience, I think it's like like a little bit better. But I also think that they charge like they charge a lot of money for those upgrades. Grinder is not out a, of control with the upgrades. Like they it's don't. It's not like a cheap. Yeah, they don't want you to do anything unless you pay for it. Um, it's it's right gross because like back in the day when Grinder first came out and you, and everyone's exploring it, you had what is now basically their premium option. And they've taken away so mm-hmm. many of those bait necessities that if, if you don't pay for right. grinder, it's like, what's the point? You know what I think is interesting that they like, at, at least what I've seen, they give you like little like tidbits of like, oh, this is what you could have. And it's like, yeah. oh, for the next five minutes, we're going to show you this one option people. that we've like recently right exactly and so and then like at the end of that like 30 minutes or like whatever it is they like take it away and like immediately you're served with an ad that's yeah. like oh if you would like to continue your experience you can pay 30 dollars a month or 500 dollars a year and it's like i've never done i've never done the math to see like oh is like is purchasing it like a year in advance but also you're like committing like that's as much as I delete those apps, I'm never going to commit to it for a like a year. That's right. so crazy. Yeah. Da- so, dating... but I think that's also what they that's what they count on. Yeah, I th- I feel like dating in the digital dating app world has really changed the landscape of like how people interact, um, especially when you. I feel like I will be someone who will start conversations either on the apps or whatever. But if someone has their Instagram linked, I'd rather talk on Instagram, you know? It okay. feels a little more... Um, I don't, civilized is not the right word, but it just feels more intimate um, because you get to see a little more than, you know, on Grindr when you're looking literally at just stats. Yeah, and it, I mean, it also, like, I, I know for me, it takes a little bit of, like, the, the catfish element out of it. Um, I don't know, I don't know about over over where you are, um, but, like, in my in my neighborhood, if I got on Grinder, I have found that, like, okay, so let's say you have, like, 30, you know, 30 people that are closest to you. I think, like, a fourth of that are um, sex workers, and um, and then a fourth of the rest of it is catfish. Yeah. And so you have like, you know, you have like 15 people that are actually the people who they, they say they are. And um, yeah, it's, it, that's how it is in like in my neighborhood. So I understand like the, the Instagram turnover, but it's kind of for me, I'm only willing to do that once I'm like, okay, I like, I don't think that you are like a psycho murderer. Right. And I do think that like, maybe we do have some kind of something in common. Um, 
and that's when I kind of make that like that shift over to Instagram or something that's more more personal um, away from the apps. But sure. I have to I have to feel like there's that that's something there before I before I make that. Yeah, move. absolutely. Now, are you someone? You, you don't. You can say uh, absolutely no. What we want out you. If yeah. you see someone that you know on the grid, do you favor them? Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on who it is. Do I, would I favorite that? Would, would they be like on my MySpace top eight? You know, it's like, yeah. if it's like a, if it's a, if it's a person, um, um, cause I know there are a well, lot okay, of queens. So let me ask you a, like, there are a lot of queens who will, uh, they'll show me their favorites and it's literally other queens. And it's like, this is funny. I mean, I will, I will definitely like talk to people that I know. Um, yeah. but it's like. It, it is it is it is in place of like it's just laziness. It's like instead of me thinking like oh I'm gonna switch my application into my text app right. or Instagram or whatever, I'm like oh well you're right here and I'll you know I'll just talk to you for a little bit there. Um, a, a friend of mine, I was um, I was over in Astoria um, this past week for Drag Race, but instead of like going to the bars, me and some friends just kind of like cooked dinner at home and had drinks and and all that. Um, and a friend of mine like had messaged me and they're like, Oh, are you going out to Icon to um to watch Drag Race? And I was like, No, like we had a full conversation on Scruff. Yeah. Just because that's what was open. Um, but I don't I would I really don't like favorite people on it. Um, just because I like I specifically Queens, I, I have a very a strict no uh, no kai kai rule. Okay. Um with that. And so like that is like and also, like on Grinder, you only get like so many. Don't you only get like so many favorites or something? I, I think, don't like, know. I think, I think after a while, it's like you can't favorite anymore. People, I don't know if it does that. It used to do that. Now I don't have enough. I don't have enough people favorited for it to x me out because I, I hate everyone. Um, <laughs> but like, um, but yeah, I think um, I I think I don't think I like favorite people that I know. Um, but I I will talk to them. Yeah. I, 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 I'm I'm a bigger fan of the block button than I am the favorite button. <laughs> I don't think I've ever bl- uh, now that's a lie. I mean, I've blocked a few people, and mostly it's people who are just you know harassing or they're completely yeah. fake, and you know they're a bot. And I'm like, get out of my life. Um, yeah. Okay. So in in the world of dating, what mm-hmm. co- officially constitutes a date? Um, I think it's you're going out and doing some kind of you have left your home and you are doing some kind of activity. Now that might be going over to their house and like having dinner or even if you're, I don't know. I don't want to say like you're going over to hook up. I don't really think that's like a date. I think that's a hookup. Right. Um, but I think that there's some, there is some kind of activity um, involved and you are both, interested in each other enough like there's enough of a romantic intention to find out more about the other person Mm -hmm. like i don't think like i don't think going on a first date you're like oh wow i'm infatuated with this person i think it can just be like oh i'm curious and i'm interested in seeing if there is some kind of compatibility there okay okay now this was uh, a moment on Survivor this week where um, two contestants ended okay. up uh, on the same island because um, it's Winners at War, so they're all previous contestants. And these two players okay. uh, used to date outside of the game. And now they're exes, whatever. Um, Michelle was said that they dated. Mm-hmm. Wendell said that they were hanging out or, and kicking it. What's the difference mm. between hanging out and dating? And kicking it, yeah. Um, oh yeah, hanging, hang, hanging out versus dating. I think, um, I think, I think it really depends on the person. I know, like, I know for me right now, um, I'm not necessarily looking for like a full blown relationship at this point um, because I have so much that I'm trying to like put back together in my life. Like, I'm still trying to find a job, and I'm trying to like secure my foundation a little bit more. And so for me. I like I am I've known myself for you know almost 30 years now I know myself better than anybody else and I know that when I'm in a relationship and I'm and I don't have like myself at a really firm foundation any sorts of shenanigans can ensue and it's like it's not really great for me and it's not really great for you um but I still do like dating and I still like 
um, having that like companionship. So I think that's kind of like, for me, I'm looking to, to kick it or I'm looking to hang out. Right. Uh-huh. And I think that that, I think that's kind of like the difference is, is your intention behind it. Are you looking for something long-term? Are you looking for, are you looking to date in order to, you know, be in some kind of relationship with them, whether it's a monogamous relationship, whether it's some kind of open relationship situation that you've, you know, had a discussion with your partner looking for maybe some kind of marriage or your version of marriage or like whatever that means to you. I think that there's, you know, so many different kinds of relationships now that like, you know, what, whatever like future intention means to you. I think that that's what like dating is, um, that there's, there's forward motion to Mm. it. And I think like hanging out and kicking it is you're like, Hey, I like you and I like what we're doing, but I don't necessarily see myself like wanting more than this in the future. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, what advice would you give to the listeners or me if you Mm -hmm. know you need to have that kind of conversation of like, what, 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 what's going on here? Um, I think like, it's, it's like, obviously like it's never like a, fun conversation to have and it like if you're anything like me like you deal with like, like a lot of anxiety like anything like you know going to the grocery store i deal with anxiety about literally anything and everything <laughs> but like um i i think um i think my advice is just to have the conversation if you're if you're at a point where you're like oh i really need to know to me that says you're you're willing, you're like interested in taking things further. And if they're not, then what's the point? Right. Um, so just, you know, have the conversation and, and, you know, and that's not to say that like, if they're not in the same place that you're in, that it's like, uh, the end, don't talk to them. They're not in your life. Maybe like, you know, maybe your friends and maybe in the, in, you know, in the coming future or whatever, you reevaluate things and you're both maybe back on that page and you try things again and maybe it's just not a right now thing. But I do think that like having those conversations is so important. I I really think that like communication, just open communication is so important in any kind of relationship, whether it's a friendship, something platonic or like, you know, something more romantic. Um, I think if you're not talking about things and you're just letting things simmer underneath the surface then you know again if you're anything like me if there is a blank in the sentence i will fill it in Mm -hmm. and it is and it is much but i promise you it is better if you fill it in because whatever i fill in the blank with it will be 10 times worse than anything you could ever think of so just so just fill in the blank just don't leave a blank just have an open conversation and um i think that that works you know a lot better even though it is hard and it's uncomfortable sometimes just have it. Just yeah. do it. Well, well, we'll see what happens at the other end of this quarantine. But mm-hmm. uh, to round out the the dating section of the podcast, yeah, what is the worst date you've been on in my life? Yeah. Oh God, um, so many. Um, I think. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, I don't. I don't know if this is like the worst, but it is the most recent. And it is something that is like weighing on my mind. And I think this situation is something that I've experienced a lot. So I'll share this story. Um, I went on a date uh, just like a couple weeks ago with this guy um, met on Grindr. Our first like initial meeting was a hookup and um, it went really well. Um, He had like, texted me like throughout the whole week and like was reaching out like to me I wasn't initiating anything which I was like oh this is amazing and um you know we he he was like let's you know go out this Friday we went out to dinner he paid for everything paid for food paid for drinks and I was like oh this is quiche and um we went to a bar afterward and drag race was on and um and so he was you know he was sitting there and he was like I haven't watched the show in like quite some time and I had said like, oh, you know, it's like I'm like I'm really excited about this season because we do have like a really robust, um, re- regardless of all of the drama and everything, we do still have like a really robust um, amount of talent that is from 
New York City. And I think that that is really exciting um, for all of the artists in New York City to see um, to see us represented on such like a platform like this. And, um, you know, so I was just, you know, I was talking about that and saying how I was excited. And and he was like, oh, do you do you do drag or, you know, what's your experience with that? I'm like, yes, I do. And he asked to see pictures and he wanted to see videos and all of that stuff. And he put my phone down after he had, like, watched something. And he was like, cool. I think we should just be friends. Like, immediate. Oh, no. And I was like, in the year of our Lord 2020, that's how you're going to be. Like, that's how you're going to act. And um, and I was like, cool. Um, and I, like, didn't – I didn't say anything at first. And he was like, well, so, like, how do you feel about that? And I was like, I don't know. I'm kind of trying to search for the words. And I sat there for probably another minute and I was like, I think we're just going to go. Like, I think that like, I, like I have friends, I have trouble keeping up with the friends that I do have. And I don't need, I don't need someone that wants to be my friend as like a last resort. Like if you, if you wanted to be my friend, like immediately, then that's what this would have been. And that's not what this was. So I don't need, I don't want someone that wants to be my friend because they don't want to fuck me anymore because I do drag. Like that's not, that's not the tea. That's not what I want. And um, so, yeah, I left. And um, and needless to say, we don't talk anymore. So I don't know if that was, like, my the worst date ever, but it is the most recent date that I yeah. had, and it was not great. Yeah, that's rough. That's, that's like, I feel like that story happens a lot in our community. Um, and it's it's sad, like, but people have their their feelings, and at the end of the day, it's their loss. Totally. And like, uh, you know, I will also say that like, it's probably for the best at one point he had gone, uh, gone came back and he had, um, he had a little bit of powder on his nose, not to, not to, you know, say what that powder was or was not. Um, but I was like on the, you can't, you can't hang, you can't contain yourself for five seconds on our first day. You, you needed to go do like a a bump in the bathroom. So I was like, "Eh, that's, um, Maybe for the best. Yeah. All right. Ready for the next one? Our next topic is Mm -hmm. Disney. Are you a big Disney Uh, fan just like I am? So um, I did. I did put this in there because I do know that you like are a huge Disney fan. Um, I like I I have my like my ups and my downs with Disney. I think that like Disney has always provided like quality entertainment and like spectacle throughout like my childhood and i can like and i can definitely say that like with like a hundred percent conviction but i think like recently i've just like kind of had like a really bad taste in my mouth from them okay Um, and i just um i think that they have like obviously they have like such a huge platform right and now that they've like acquired Star Wars and Marvel, they're like, they're not slowing down. They're nope, only growing. They're, they're taking yeah. over. And yeah. And so I think like, wow, you have this like huge platform. It would be really cool to see you like use that for good instead mm-hmm. of being a robot. And, and I, I know the Disney brand is like very, very specific. Um, in fact, I almost, um, I almost worked for Disney Cruise Lines when I got out of um, out of college, and they had actually like offered me they had offered me a role. Um, and after they had offered it to me, they were like, "Oh, we totally forgot to ask. Do you have any tattoos?" And at the time, I only had I had two at the time. Um, one is on my like upper arm, and mm. one is on my ankle. So both were like very coverable. And they were like, "Okay, so we we want pictures of you um, of the tattoos close up." we want pictures of you not covering them up and we want pictures of you like wearing like a t-shirt or like a sock and like covering it up. And um, so I sent them those pictures again, like with a t-shirt, you can't really like see it at all. And like when I'm wearing shoes, you can't see it. And it was just the fact that I had tattoos at all. They rescinded their offer. Wow. They're like, they're obviously like very strict about their brand and like they've curated it over like, you know, a long, a long time at I don't know specifically on when Disney was founded, but you know, long time, but longer than me. And um, while I understand that, I do think that like it is important as 
as such like a large business is for you to like grow with the times and roll with the punches and um and reflect kind of like I don't want to say like the lowest common denominator, but re- reflect the the culture that you're surrounded with, sure. um, and especially the culture that is giving to you and that is is giving you money. Um, so whenever like I hear stuff about um, like this Love Simon reboot, not reboot, but like TV thing that they were doing, and um, and they didn't feel like that was fr- family friendly. And, you know, something that I'm even more upset about is the Lizzie McGuire reboot, um, how they, like, didn't think that, like, showing what, you know, the showrunner thought was, like, an authentic portrayal of, like, what this character would be going through in her 30s and how that might not be family-friendly enough to where they let her go because of, like, their different, like, different, um, differing values. That, that to me speaks like volumes like you're not you're not really interested in in showcasing the culture that surrounds you and whenever like whenever you hear like oh disney is committed to having um like lgbtq characters in their films and their shows but then it's like i went to go fill up my tank with gas and the gas station attendant was gay we didn't talk about it but they definitely were it's like saying like at the end of harry potter oh dumbledore was gay you didn't know it but he was and like it's just kind of it to me it's like an afterthought sure and uh, it's not you're you're saying it's like oh it's something that we're committed to but it doesn't really like it doesn't really authentically feel like that sure um and yeah that's just kind of i i just have like a bad taste in my mouth with them yeah it's interesting because we are living in a day of reboots every everything is getting rebooted nowadays um and I guess in the early 2000s, you had That's a Raven, and that was a big Disney Channel hit show. Uh, then you had mm-hmm. the spinoff, Cory in the House, and it was his uh, him and his dad at the White House. And then uh, a couple years ago, they decided to bring Raven Simone back to Disney Channel and have a show called Raven's House. Um, right. And in the tr- this trilogy of this, this character series... It seems very much of what Disney wa- was intending to do with the Lizzie McGuire reboot is to maintain her in the world that we already know without mm-hmm. wildly making it radical. And because Raven in that series was a mom. So, of course, you can make it a little more family right. friendly where they were going to have Lizzie be like a work in 30 something. And I guess, like, going right. off of like Bunheads, it's Hillary Duff's changed a little bit. So it's it's almost like right. is it even Lizzie McGuire at this point, or is it just a person played by the same actress with the character's name? So it's really been interesting to watch that saga unfold, and I know a lot of it was because they had their heart on making it a staple for Disney Plus. When you mm-hmm. own Hulu, is it actually the end of the world to move it over to that? So you can have the everything you want it to be, um, but it, a lot right. of people have pride and and. I'm optimistic that it's not going to die. I think they'll find the right yeah. solution for it. I think, I think specific, like totally like I think, um, and even it seems like even like, um, like Hillary Duff seems like interested in moving it to Hulu. I think she's been like, Hey, you did it. You did it with what Simon, like, please let us do that as well. Don't just like shelve us and like, let us spin our wheels forever. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm not saying that, like, that's the end of the world. I do think, like, I think it is not cool to come out and say, like, oh, Love, Simon isn't family-friendly because it's showcasing, like, a gay teenager because mm-hmm. there are gay, te- there are real-life gay teenagers in the world. And for them to have, like, such a major, like, entertainment field, like, Disney come out and say, like, Oh, that's not family friendly. Like, think about like how think about how you would feel if like you're you know just starting to kind of like figure out who you are, and someone's like, oh, that's not that's not family friendly. Sure. Like, you need to like you we need to sweep that over here to something that's more adult. And like, I don't know. To me, that like I can put myself in my shoes and um, and imagine how I would the shoes of me as a teenager and think about like how I would have felt. And like that would be like Ugh, that's just like. That's not a good feeling. Yeah, so. I think another part of it may be that 
Love Simon has is is romantic. It's got some comedy, but it's more of a dramatic piece compared to shows that they have on Disney Channel where they do um, feature um, LGBTQ characters. But it's through a comedic mm-hmm. sense, so you're able to discuss the issues in a in a comedy sense. So it's again, I think Disney right. trying to censor it and protect the youth with, but it's also not protecting it. It's 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 hiding the the facts and the reality of what a future is yeah and um yeah i don't know it's just like and maybe it's just like i'm of course they've like always done this but like when i was eight years old and you know i was watching whatever it was like oh i don't i don't notice anything this is great um and now it's like an you know that i'm almost in my 30s it's like they look at it and it's just like oh that's oh like stop stop doing that just you know, be I, again, like authenticity. That's that's going to be my my word. That's always my word of word of the day. Yeah. Um. And it just and it feels so inauthentic whenever you are are putting out like, oh, we're here for like we're here for the family, right? We're we're a company based on family, and and we care about those family values. But we will deem what a family value is. And I think that they're like, you know, now we're, there are so many different kinds of families in the world. Um, just as like when I was talking about like when we were talking about dating and like what relationships are. And I think there's so many different kinds of relationships now. You know, who are you to say like what a what a family is and is right. not, I think, just just cringes me out. Yeah. And it's again, going back to this world of Disney Plus and rebooting things. Probably one of the most predominant things in the Disney Plus universe right now is High School Musical, the musical, the series. Now, Mm -hmm. you have the original movie series where Ryan Mm -hmm. Evans is clearly gay. Yeah, everything about him is gay. And Lucas Grabeel has come out recently and been like, yeah, he was gay. It wasn't discussed, but it was there. And it it was a big deal for this to be (laughs) Disney's really first gay character um that was acknowledged without being acknowledged cut to this new version of the show i don't have you seen it at all i did i watched it um i didn't watch it all but i know i know the 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 characters that you're yeah because now you have this character seb who may actually be transgender we don't know yet i mean that's what's going to be exciting in season two to see what the the arc of this character is so it's just it's it's almost like disney wants to protect the the going back to the word authenticity of certain characters so yeah. again with lizzie mcguire it's like if you make it such a radical difference do you lose the heart of what that original series was and and so it's really interesting it's really interesting to see how disney is inclusive but right. at, the, at the same time they are putting up a slight wall yeah i mean it, and it's interesting to it's it's interesting to think about like that um, keeping the authenticity of, of the character and like, would, would you lose that, that Lizzie is some of it? If, if she was like a working, a working girl um, with, with problems, it, it's hard to say that it like would or wouldn't because it looks like we're not going to see it. You yeah. Know? At least that version of it at this right. time, we're not going to see that. So and it's I don't hard to is, say if it like would or would not. Yeah, is a thirty-year-old Lizzie McGuire with a um, cartoon following around all the time? Does that make her actually crazy in this world? Who knows? So it, it, it'll right, be right. it'll be fun to see when it finally does come to fruition. Should we go into yeah, our I third so. topic? Yeah, what was it? Fam- family, family, right? which you alluded to a little bit in this la- in during the Disney talk. I did, I did. Um, yeah, so I think um, I. I've thought I, you know, again, all of these things that I sent you are just things that have kind of like been on my mind lately. And, um, my family, I think like, I think I've talked to you a little bit about some of my kind of like family drama. It's like, it's definitely, um, a unique and unique storyline. Um, but I, I, you know, my mom, well, was planning on getting remarried in May and uh, now I don't know if she's going to be able to do that because, that is that definitely counts as a gathering of of more than fifty people. Sure does. Um, so, um, and I actually talked to her about it today, and she was kind of like, "Eh, I think if we can get our money back, and they're like, do you want to reschedule? I think we might just like go to the courthouse, and like that, that's fine, and like whatever, whatever, it, you know, whatever they want to do is fine with me. Um, 
I'm not getting married. But I, I, I think that like my family has changed so dramatically over the past however many years. And, um, you know, my dad was actually in town just uh, a couple weeks ago. And um, it, it was unpleasant to, to say the least. And it always kind of is. Um, but at, at the same time, um, I guess, I guess to give some, some backstory for, for people that are listening, um, my parents divorced when I was a senior in college. So that was 2012. And, you know, it's like, you kind of think, oh, I don't live at home. Like this isn't going to like affect me. Like it's going to be whatever, whatever. Um, and both of my parents had said like, oh, you know, we want this to be a really easy experience for everybody. Like, we're not like trying to make this super dramatic. Um, and then of course it did become very dramatic and, um, flash forward to my dad, um, ended up remarrying very quickly, um, to what I will, I will boil it down to, she is, we, we don't know for a fact, but she is some kind of possible, uh, Russian prostitute perhaps. Mm -hmm. And, um, that he, some kind of, you know, something arrangement, um, very 90 day fiance, you know, that's, I guess the term I'll use. And, um, you know, she still doesn't live in the country. I don't think she'll ever live in the country. Um, it all just feels very odd and strange. And, and, uh, my, my dad doesn't talk about it almost at all. Um, and the, and the weirdest part of it is like, if I ever ask, he says she doesn't want to give specific details because he doesn't want me to tell my mom about it, okay. which is weird because like they're, you know, their divorce is finalized and you know, they're not together. So like, why does it matter? Sure. Um, so, you know, it's, um, that whole thing is very strange. Um, my sister got married last year, um, which, you know, that, that actually, like, I, I don't want to say, like, changed our relationship, um, because me and my sister are pretty, um, pretty close. We're probably the closest out of, like, anyone that I am, um, in terms of closeness with my family. And, um, but, you know, definitely, like, a, an interesting experience to, like, have your sibling get married, um, yeah. especially your younger sibling get married before you. Um, so, um, and, and then, like, you know, I look at, like, my, my grandparents, my grandmother has Alzheimer's right now. Well, not right now, for the foreseeable future. Um, and that's really hard and crazy and interesting to deal with. And, um, yeah, it's just, like, I, I, I've thought a lot recently about, like, how quickly your family can change, um, your biological family, and then also how interesting it is what our, like, what our chosen family looks like. And, um, and how that, you know, that becomes just as important as your biological family. Yeah. Well, talk about, um, your, your chosen family, your, your, your drag family. Cause now you've, yeah. been, a, you've been adopted and you got a legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I am now in the house of period. Um, Chandelier is my drag mother and Heidi Ho is my drag sister um, and then I guess that makes, uh, Arya Dirchi my, my niece. Crazy. Um, so that, you know, yeah, it, it is. And it, it's, and it's fun. Um, we, you know, I think that all of us have like our own schedules, especially, mm-hmm. especially like Shandy and Heidi are on a, on a pretty uh, full schedule. Um, but we do like, we, uh, we have like a really fun, um, like family Christmas that we did before we all kind of like took off on our respective holiday travels. Um, and we did like a fun, a fun potluck. And I, I, we do try to like make it a point to, to connect through all of the craziness. And, um, and that, you know, that has been so important to me because one of, one of the things that I've always kind of like missed, throughout like the majority of my drag career is that sense of community and is that sense of family. Mm-hmm. So actually like having that now, um, it just, you know, it feels nice. And I think we look out for one another. I would like to think we look out for one <laughs> another and, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's a good feeling. Have you found that it's necessary, at least in the New York drag scene to be in a drag family? No, I don't think so. Um, I think, I think it is 
well, I think it depends on what your goals are. I think um, if you, if a part of you and like your artistry, it is important to have that, like what I'm saying, that sense of community. And um, if that is helpful for your brain and your creativity, then mm. yeah, I think that that's great. Um, but I don't think, think it is necessary. I, I've actually thought a lot about this in terms of like my own drag career, just about how I want to start carving my own path and like creating my own experiences instead of like waiting around for someone to hand me some kind of handout or waiting for somebody to, you know, drop dead or get on drag race. Right. So their show is available, you know? Um, and I think, um, so I think in, in like the, the spirit of creating your own path. No, I mean, who's, who's to say that you're not like a, a bona fide professional queen until you have a family. I think if you are, um, if you're carving your own path and you're making your own way and you're doing that without, without a family, I think that's great. Um, I think that for me, the things that I have found beneficial from having a drag family is whenever things do get crazy or you do get really frustrated and you need to have a person to put your hand on for just a second to kind of get your bearings, that that part of it is very helpful. I think for like the emotional mental side of it, and I'm saying that and Chandelier is my mom. And if you know Chandelier, she's not like a super like touchy feely person, no. but, I, but you know, but, but give, give the bitch some credit. She, if you, if you need a second to talk, she will be there. And she will listen to you and um, she, she might give you some tough love, but she's going to be there for you. And I think um, I think that's been really great. Um, I've also had the I, I privilege of having like an unofficial drag aunt in Lauren Order. Mm -hmm. um, and I and like and Lauren brings like a whole a whole different set of skills um, to the table. You know, like Lauren's like a, a beautiful seamstress. She. Um, she knows a lot about crafting drag and she's also like really smart at like the business side of things. Um, she, she really knows how to do that. And actually um, the last time I saw Lauren, she was, she was telling me how, about how whenever she like looks at me, she's like, I, I see like in you an interesting combination of me and Shandy, like you have my business sense and Shandy's kind of like creative, uh, creative ability. And, um, She's like that's a, it's a she's like it's a cool combination to yeah. see. So, I I appreciated I appreciated her saying that very much. Have the 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 real life family and the drag family intertwined? Have they met yet? No, um, my my family's never even seen me do drag. Oh wow! Um, I say that I say that that's not completely true. Um, because when I started doing drag, um, I actually didn't come up through like the club scene. Um, I grew, I grew up in Dallas and, um, whenever I was living there, um, for a long period of time, I wanted to do musical theater like so many people. And, um, I actually was doing a lot of drag roles in musical theater. Um, and I actually found that whenever I was pitching roles that were maybe traditionally played by women and like maybe putting like a drag spin on it, um, that they were into that because drag wasn't super mainstream at the time. This was before Drag Race and this was sure. before kind of, you know, all of those things. So it still kind of had this like novelty idea. Um, and also like whenever, you know, especially like with the success of shows like Hairspray um, and things like that to where roles were starting to be written as drag roles. Right. Um, th I think that that really enticed a director sense from like whether whether it tickled their creative fa fancy or they were like oh this would be great for ticket sales whatever their reasoning behind it they bought into it um so my parents have seen me i actually don't think my dad has ever seen me do a drag role um because my dad has maybe seen two shows that i've ever done um but my mom has my mom has seen me do drag in a, in a theatrical standpoint but has never seen me perform as Gigi as my own material right um but like yeah i mean i i've like talked to my mom about my drag family but you know it's like my mom has all like i i'll uh this summer i'll have been here for i'll be in new york for four years now 
And, you know, she's been up here once for like a day. Um, so there hasn't been like a lot of um, even like opportunity for right. them to like meet. So, so I don't think of it as like a neglectful thing. I just think of it like that's not that's not an option because of distance. And it's not like a super it's not like a super huge priority for probably either either side. That's fair. That's fair. Now, going back to the dating in a world in a, in a way and talking mm-hmm. about family. Are you someone mm-hmm. who is looking to start a family of your own one day? Uh, I think that goes back to what I was saying about there's a lot of different kinds of families. Like, yeah. um, in terms of like, do I ever want kids? Probably not at this time. Um, and I don't want to say never. Right. Um, but I, I, I would say like a, a definitive probably no. Um, and a lot of that comes from um, when I was teaching before I moved before I moved to New York, I was a, a full-time theater teacher um, outside of Dallas and watching how kids treat each other in a school setting, if like seeing that and thinking about if I had if I sent my child off to school, I would never I wouldn't be able to think of anything else because, they treat each other so poorly. Yeah. Um, and that, that, the idea of that and having to kind of like deal with that as a, as a parent and not, not just teaching your child to, you know, hopefully impart some kind of wisdom onto them on like holding true to their values and like believing in whatever they believe. But being able to do that through, you know, some shithead, you know, beating the shit out of them with, you know, using their house keys as brass knuckles. And I say that as a specific example, because that is something that happened while I was teaching outside of the school. Like, that is horrifying yeah. to me. Um, and I just like, I just don't think I need to add any more anxiety into my life. I have plenty. And um, I, I, I think... Um, I think there's so many different ways to have a family. Um, I don't even know if I will specifically like ever get full on married, you know, but like I do like in the future, seeing myself like having a long term partner and us creating a family, whatever that looks like to us, whether that's, you know, dogs or, Mm other you know clo- a close chosen family of ours yeah and our existing and our existing families that you know we already have um i think you know creating something that is unique to us that to me is what like my in like envisionment of my family looks like not necessarily like having kids nice i'm here for it i think i'm very yeah. much the same the kind of person who i i'm eager to have a family I, i'm I'm not. I'm not going to get married anytime soon at this moment. Sure. Um, sure. There's a lot of questions out there to have still. Um, there. I. But I do want a family. I. That's always something that's been on my mind. I've always. I mean, back when I was younger, in my younger years, um, I had plans. I had goals. I had this age. I'm going to get married. This age, I'll have kid number one. Blah. Like, but I've bypassed that. And the older I get, and I've surpassed those benchmarks. Mm-hmm. It hasn't dissuaded me of not wanting to have a family. It's just I'll have a different kind of family when the time comes. So it's it's been sure. it's, it's it's always interesting. And I'm not someone who really has been who has dated much at all. So I've never been able to talk to a partner about all right, where are we on the same page of this kind of thing? Um, right. So that's that's a scary conversation to have as well. But when the time comes, yeah. and if you're with someone you really care about. You have to you have to have that conversation because that is one of those make or break conversations. Yeah, I I kind of <laughs> I rely on my on my sister to have have the babies yeah. and do the that thing, and to where it's like oh I can I can play uncle and we can play a fun game and then when that's done I can say okay here you go exactly goodbye like go back to your mom. Um, and also just from like a, a, a family pressure thing, I think a lot of people feel like pressure from their family to like have children and, and that kind of thing. Um, but I think if my sister has the kids, then that like takes the, takes the pressure off. 
um, her getting married for sure took, took the pressure off of like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so, so now I'm hoping that like, you know, whenever they, whenever they get ready to have kids that that can be, that can be that. And then it's like, Oh, look, there's a baby and we are, are we are satisfied. Yeah. My, my mom, anytime we're at like Coles or Marshall's, one of those places and we walk by the kids section, my mom goes, Oh, I want a grandchild so badly. I want to dress them up a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, you're Ooh. just venting to me and it's not happening for me anytime soon. Talk to my brother. He's the one with the girlfriend, and that's the uh-huh. um, the the reality of potentially happening, any in the the near future. But you know what? When the time is right, it'll happen. Everything happens for a reason. Absolutely, and um, yeah, I hope. Uh, hopefully, maybe your your brother has that that kid soon. That'll well, take he, that pressure he's, off. He's in med school right now, so that's not happening either. So that's why my oh. mom's so eager for something. We'll see. Oh we'll, we'll God! See what kind day. of what kind of what kind of doctor? Uh, he wants to be, I think, an orthopedic surgeon. So he will be supporting me and oh, my okay. endeavors in the future. Right, God. <laughs> Gosh, maybe my sister should do that too. Have a baby and be a doctor. That sounds yeah, cool. Yeah, there you go. Well, this was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we got to kick yeah. off this quarantine check-in. Um, yeah. Where can everyone find you on social media and Venmo? Make sure you share that Venmo. Sure. So um, my handle is the same across all platforms. It's at GGD, it's G-I-G-I-D-E-E-T-Z. Um, and you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and like you said, Venmo, um, all at the same handle. Awesome. And so far, so good. Rue hasn't tried to steal your name to give to GG Good. Uh, yeah, like not yet. Uh, you know, speaking of uh, speaking of Heidi, I texted her <laughs> because we had talked about this literally the week before, and she was like, "I'm really glad that you can, you know, sh- share my suffering and like not having the only, not being the only person that has your your name on on Drag Race." And it is weird to watch yeah. it right now because you know, whenever they call out the person with your name, it's like, what? Are right? Is you know? But then last week when they flat out said her name. Um, I texted her and I was like, well, do I need to change? Should I just change my name to Gigi good? Should we just like, <laughs> should we just go in this together? Um, yeah. but yeah, so, so far, so far they, and like, uh, they seem I, to like her name. They like must have discussed Heidi in closet as Heidi Ho for a while because Ross at the end of the, um, the, the judges, um, discussions literally says Heidi Ho had a good week this week. Yeah. And I was like, you that's not okay fine we're gonna we're gonna dispel this oh one soon. god oh uh, i i hope i ho- well and also i think like it is uh i think it's foolish at this point to like try and change a name because i'm like you've already established yourself you've already established yourself on a national platform don't like try and change it now um but i hope i hope for my sister's sake that they do not yeah, well, we're going to end the podcast with something I'm going to try to do with every guest that I do with this series. Okay. What are you most looking forward to when this is all over? Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, I am excited. I am looking forward to it being the summer because that's kind of when I imagine that this will be like at least us trying to put ourselves back together. I don't think it'll... Like, I don't think we'll be in quarantine throughout all of spring. Um, but I definitely think that for me, summer in New York City is one of the reasons that I, you know, stayed as, you know, even as long as I have. It hasn't been a long time. But I think that summer in New York is my favorite time of the year. I enjoy being able to, like, go out and, like, partake in the uh, the activities that the city has to offer and just going to the beach and enjoying outside um, my seasonal depression becomes very real throughout the winter months. So as soon as the sun comes out, and it's already kind of started to, um, as soon as the sun comes out and the weather is nice, I am ready to go outside and not worried about a fucking you know pandemic and just go and enjoy the city. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep it positive. I wish you all the luck in this quarantine. And we'll chat again Thank soon. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for you doing too. this. All right. A huge thanks to Gigi for chatting. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, and leave us a review while you're there. Make sure you engage with me on social media. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Uh